Chunky. It's Stephanie Moran. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Kirsten Pelshaw, the co-founder of Elva's All Naturals. In 2019, Kirsten and her partner, Ian, founded Elva's All Naturals, named after her Nana. Before starting her business, she was a music teacher and a classically trained singer. Following her years working for Greenpeace as a teenager, she developed a passion for protecting nature and creating natural and low-waste products that work. Originally from Quebec, Kirsten and Ian now live in Milton, Ontario and have four grown children and a rescue dog named Moxie. You can head over to my Instagram and TikTok at this is Stephanie Moram to follow me. And if you want to reduce waste and learn how to consume less in just five days, you can binge my complimentary audio series. You can find the link in the description. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on whatever platform you get your podcasts. That way you never miss another Green Living episode. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. I really love it. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really, really excited to be here. Thank you, Stephanie, for having me. You're very welcome. So let's jump in. My first yeah. question is, why mm-hmm. did you start your brand? Why did you start Elvis? <laughs> like, why did you start it? You were a teacher, you, yeah. you were a music teacher, and you're yeah. a singer, and then you shifted mm-hmm. to your, your brand. Absolutely. It's such a good question. I I mean, there's a long answer. I'm going to try to keep it um, sort of shorter. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say that it just really had to do with my partner, Ian and I, we have just like such a big love of nature. And I'm going to say it was around 2017, 2018, that we just had this frank discussion about what kind of world are we leaving behind for our four kids? And are our grandchildren and future generations actually going to be able to enjoy any clean water and green space and healthy forests and land? Like we were just really saddened by piles of waste in our landfills and oceans and, you know, the deadly effects of chemical products on both human health and aquatic life that were being flushed down the drain. Um, So we started to brainstorm about how we could bring about positive change to the very way that people think about how they make a purchase by giving thought to ingredients and packaging. And we just tried to really, we had so many brainstorm sessions over this and we were like, what if we went against the grain and made products more sustainably from clean ingredients and with sustainable packaging? As in um, the idea was like, okay, beep, beep, back it up. Let's go back in time a bit. Like, you know, when my grandparents and my Nana Elva were young, things were packaged in glass and metal. And um, for example, you know, glass milk jugs were refilled, but now can, yeah. And consumers have been conditioned to expect convenience above all and products at a certain price point. And it doesn't, you know, regardless of environmental impact. So we just knew that a large amount of consumer education would be needed Because our feeling was that modern society and its very flow and its infrastructure just feels broken. Like it's consumerism, fast fashion, fast everything, the use and throw mentality, large scale manufacturing. And then, you know, we gave thought to like how products are designed and and a big part of how they're designed today is is cost. You know, harmful chemicals are cheap and so much about what about why most products are the way they are in terms of ingredients and packaging is driven by profit. 
you know, they say, follow the money if you want to know why things are the way they are about something. Um, Right. And glass and metal packaging are just so much more expensive and taking back your packaging is more expensive and certified organic and biodynamic ingredients are much more expensive than petrochemicals. So we were aware, you know, when we started that our choice to use really clean and natural ingredients and reusable glass and aluminum packaging would cause the products to be more expensive. And that would need some education, but you know, that was the risk we were willing to take because we felt there there really just isn't another way. We don't have an option. We have to fix things, you know? Right. So I was just going to say the first product that you came out with was the cleaning product, correct? Right. That's correct. Yeah. That's our flagship product and bestseller or one cleaner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go, go ahead. No, I just wanted to talk about, you had mentioned the concept of the toxic chemical rebellion. Um, Mm -hmm. I read that also on your site. So I wanted you to just kind of, you know, talk about that a little bit. What do you mean by that? Because I mean, it obviously in relation to you starting Elva's All Natural, right? Oh, totally. So (laughs) it's rebellion. It's it's basically a, a term that we we coined a few years ago to help define a growing body of consumers and concerned citizens who are pushing back against the use of toxic and traditional industry chemicals and consumer products. We're a body of people who are raising our voices to oppose the current regulations and not purchase from manufacturers that are allowing chemicals in our products that are scientifically proven to cause harm. So it isn't just about choosing organic and natural. It's also an end about putting an end to buying and selling and making products manufactured unsustainably with toxic ingredients and lobbying for change. So we're not alone in this. I mean, whistleblowers are cropping up everywhere. There's a 2019 CBC documentary by Phyllis Ellis called Toxic Beauty that I think absolutely everybody should watch. Um, I watched it with my girls. It made me cry. Toxic chemicals in our products, it's just such a social justice issue too. Um, The primary consumers of beauty products are women and the cheapest products containing the very worst toxic chemicals like things you buy at the dollar store. Those are sadly purchased by the poor. So in 2019, we did a full year of deep dive R&D research, and we learned so much and continued to be shocked the more we kept reading about studies, about the harm that comes from ingredients in our everyday products. Um, and it, it basically, it's like getting unplugged out of the movie, you know, the movie, The Matrix. Like once you know, you can't unknow. So we were really driven to help people wake up to the dangers of chemicals lurking in their products that they don't even know about. And I think you hit something super like on point is that a lot of people that, you know, don't have the means to buy safer products are the ones going to the dollar store or going to the pharmacy and buying bleach because it's cheap or buying whatever other cleaner because it's on sale and it's cheap. And yet the people that have a little bit more disposable income, you know, the people that might not have disposable income might still care. They just can't afford it. And then you have people that do have disposable income and they can afford it. So they're, they're the ones that get to get the bleach out of their house. Like it just, 
I just think I the nail on that one that it's the underprivileged yeah. that are the ones that the people that have to use these products, even if they don't want to, it's because there's no alternative for them. Exactly. And and this is something that I that that was really pressed home to me when in 2019 I met with um, two founding members of the Canadian Coalition for Action on Toxics. They came to my house for tea. We sat around <laughs> for hours and just brainstormed. And it really solidified to us that big change was needed. Um, this coalition partners include EcoJustice, CAPE, which is the Canadian Association of Physicians for the Environment, Environmental Defense, and the Breast Cancer Action Quebec. Honestly, I just started learning that these chemicals in our products, it's not just a people's health and environmental issue, but like we were saying, it's a social justice issue as well. And the regulations in North America are so lax and we are so far behind the EU in terms of what we allow in our products. In the EU, they ban over 1300 chemicals in Europe. Whereas in Canada, we just ban over 500 and in the States, just over 300. So just think of it this way. There's tens of products on our shelves here that just wouldn't be allowed for sale over there for health right. and environmental safety concerns. And what's unfair is that consumers sadly are conditioned to trust that, Hey, if it's on the shelf for sale, it must be safe when that just isn't the case. It's a huge issue. So that's why we formulate to EU standards because we are not in agreement with what's still allowed here in North America. And a lot of people have this idea that natural products don't work as well as, as toxic chemicals. So, you know, that was all of this was a problem to solve when we were making our formulas. Our goal was to create a brand that people could trust when shopping for their household and personal care essentials and and just know that it would be safe and right. also very effective. And I mm-hmm. like how you started a cleaning product because I feel like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you could have started with makeup, but right. Not- everyone wears makeup. A lot of women wear makeup, but not all women wear makeup. Correct. But everyone is, maybe not everyone's cleaning their house, but most people are cleaning their house. So by formulating a cleaning product, I feel like that's like, for me, you might not agree, but for me, when somebody asked me, what is the first thing I should switch out of my house? I always say cleaning product because everyone's Mm -hmm. cleaning their house. So if that's all you can afford right now is to make one change. I always yeah. cleaning product because people are, you're spraying it in your house. You're washing your floors, yeah. you're washing your counters, your kids are yes. there, your pets are there. So That's it's right. so great that you've created this like product that is like sustainably packaged, but also following the EU standards and saying, screw you, Canada and United yeah. States. We're going to make something even better. Oh yeah. And, and honestly, absolutely a cleaning product if there is a swap a starting swap to make make that one the reason is most of the worst chemicals and they're in their greatest concentrations a lot of them are in cleaning products specifically and it's not you know it wouldn't be so terrible if it was just like oh today you're just going to encounter this chemical your body could probably flush that out but the issue is bioaccumulation so We're using these products on a daily basis and they are building up in our bodies, in our organs. It's, it's bad. And also, you know, what's the effect of when it gets flushed down the drain? I mean, you're cleaning mm-hmm. out your shower and then you're rinsing out that scrubble bubble, whatever, you know, and 
what happens then to those chemicals? Well, it's not good. The environmental impact is not good, which is why that was a huge concern too, is what is the impact, the full life cycle? Like, you know, how is it affecting the human being? How is it affecting your personal ecosystem? And then when it goes down the drain, what is it doing to our natural ecosystems in the environment? Mm-hmm. And I think you made a good point about the bioaccumulation. I think people often forget that a lot of products have the same or similar similar ingredients. And there might only yeah. be a little bit in each product, but like you That's said, that it right. time and every day. So exactly, if you're putting makeup on, cleaning your house, washing your face, yeah. brushing your teeth, putting hairspray in your hair, washing your hair, putting conditioner and shampoo in your hair, mm-hmm. putting nail polish on your fingers and toes, using yeah. soap on your body. If you're using products that may not be as clean or as safe, yeah, it's going to accumulate in your body for sure. Yes, exactly. Exactly. has a bigger impact. So mm-hmm. speaking of ingredients, because this is yeah. an interesting ingredient for me, <laughs> what is PVA? And I know we had this sure. like very small conversation in eating, <laughs> and you're like, PVA, it should not be in any yeah. products. And I was like, oh crap, I need to go look it up. <laughs> like I love yeah. reading ingredients, but I'm, yeah. I'm not an expert. I avoid as much as I can. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it sounds okay. Like, right. And it says it's an eco-friendly product, so it must be okay. So right. let's, let's talk about PVA and why you believe that it should be avoided. Right. So honestly, we had spidey sense over this years ago when we were trying to figure out how to make our laundry detergent um, because we were evaluating the options. Are we going to make a liquid that's a concentrate or are we going to think about laundry strips? And you know what? We just... We couldn't do it because even though we just had the sense that it would be bad, like it was, we knew it came from plastic. So bottom line is PVA stands for polyvinyl alcohol, polyvinyl Mm -hmm. alcohol. Yeah. It's a plastic. So it enters our waterways as a microplastic. PVA is what they use to make laundry strips. Um, It's also that clear film on the outside of dishwasher detergent and laundry pods. So to be crude, I like to say microplastic is what you get if you put your plastic laundry jug in the blender. Um, <laughs> you know, like the, the problem is, though, you know, microplastic um, goes down the drain and it, it goes into our water systems. So this PVA microplastic, they've now learned 75% of it does not biodegrade, but accumulates in the environment and is causing great harm. And this is new research. That's so. Fun. I know. In June of 2021, the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health published a study on the effects of PVA in the U.S. And actually, it appeared in Forbes magazine shortly thereafter, last August. How uh, does PVA behave after water treatment and how it affects the environment? The research was shocking and confirmed that PVA was, quote, a threat to the ecosystem. So, I'm going to say it makes me a little sad to talk about this because I think for years, so many people felt hopeful and we were also well-intended about using laundry strips and pods. Oh, I use laundry strips. That's why as soon as you sent that, when you yeah. responded that you're like, I'll love to be on your podcast. And you yeah. wrote, I'm like, shit. And then I yeah. went laundry strips and I'm like, great. Awesome, I'm, Stephanie. Are you really no. using laundry strips with PVA in them? <laughs> but this is this is how it goes. Whenever there's new advances with chemicals, right. it takes years before we really figure out 
what the full impacts are. And, and that's the truth, you know, and how could we know until they actually did the study? So it just, it's sad because like the strip seemed like such a great solution and alternative to big plastic laundry jugs, but you know, we didn't feel comfortable because we knew polyvinyl alcohol is a petrochemical origin. It's a plastic. So we avoid anything to do with petrochemicals or plastic. Um, the, the, here's the issue. Manufacturers, even since the research came out, are still claiming that PVA is 100% biodegradable. And while technically it is, that is under very specific conditions. And to be clear, right. that is not what is happening in reality. So it's a huge problem that is growing um, There's and causing tons and tons of microplastic from PVA to now be quickly entering our water waterways, um, it's bioaccumulating in the environment and literally choking out aquatic life. So it's a little bit scary. And okay, so they're putting the PVA in laundry strips. Is it correct? Why yeah. is it in laundry strips then? Like, why can't it be removed? Is it the like what is it doing? Is it binding well, everything? It, it's pro- you know what I wouldn't. I don't know the whole process, right? But I'm assuming that yeah, it's probably. It's probably a binding agent of right. some type. Mm-hmm. I would right. assume so. Yeah. Yeah. And but, hopefully, you know, they are a great option, laundry strips. I mean, for the last, like I discovered them probably about mm-hmm. a year ago and I was like, this is great. Like I do refill my own jugs, like with laundry yeah. jugs. Like I go to awesome. my store, I refill them. And then when I discovered the laundry strips, I'm like, this yeah. takes up way less space. <laughs> There's yeah. no water. So I'm not buying water with my laundry. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And so I was like, now I'm just getting the actual soap that I need. That's so when, right. when you wrote in there, like, <laughs> PVA, I was like, no, no I not know, my laundry straps. I know. I know. And it, <laughs> but like, it, when you know better, you do better. Right. So. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to get everything right. And to be honest, like, you know, once you're paying attention, you know, it's, it's a journey, it's a process. Like you, you, you fix what you can and you go with the very best information you have at the time, right? Because we're always learning so much and we're not perfect either, but honestly, we're trying, we're trying to stay up on the research. The laundry detergent that we make is super concentrated. So we, we've almost eliminated all the waters and fillers so that you get in a little 500 milliliter bottle, you get 50 loads because it's just two teaspoons of liquid. So it's essentially the same as what you'd get on a laundry strip or two, except that we didn't dry it out and put plastic in it, you know, very similar. Mm -hmm. Well, you have crushed my laundry strip dreams right now. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know what? But it's so interesting because we have so many ego people that follow us on social media. And I remember I put out a post about this and it was a little bit of crickets, you know, like not a lot of people responded because I think a lot of people were confused and also didn't know how to react. And I think, you know, it's, it's just kind of, Sometimes I hate, you know, sharing the negative things that come out in these, because, you know, we know that those companies are really trying to help and it is so much better than having this big plastic laundry jug, but you know, it's not a perfect solution for sure. Right. And there is, you know, and we're not saying like, if you use laundry strips, you're like Mm -hmm. the worst human on the planet. It's not what we're saying. saying, (laughs) if If you choose to use laundry strips, 
that is your choice. Now you're educated. You know what PVA is. And if you choose to keep using them, power to you. Like I still have a bunch. I'm not going to stop using them because that's even, they're going to end up in the environment, whether I throw them in the trash or with my wash at this point, I'm going to them and I'm going to look for them. So Mm -hmm. I'm all about empowering people to make their own decisions. So now people know about PVA and, you know, but on the flip side, I'd still rather somebody use PVA than like Tide. (laughs) Like not piece, sorry. Oh, I'd rather yeah. use laundry syrups that contains PVA as like a starting point than yeah. using Tide or some other crappy stuff, you know? So yeah, the, there's drawbacks to like, I feel a lot of stuff that's in the eco green sustainable environment. Yes. yes there's exactly. always those middle, middle companies, right? Oh, totally. And like you said, they're, they're not intentionally going, we're going to put PVA. (laughs) No, they they truly think that it's safe and that's why they put it there. Exactly. maybe an alternative will come out. I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful. I mean, it's just going to be a matter in the next few years of them reformulating for sure. And there's got to be another way. Sometimes we just have to think outside the box. And so I'm hopeful. Mm -hmm. And now we're all educated on PVA, which is awesome. (laughs) Like I said, I was not super, super familiar with it. Like I saw alcohol yeah. so must be safe because I was just skimming it. Right. And right. I took for granted, they're trying to be a sustainable company. They're doing the best that they can. Yeah. And I just assumed, right. I just assumed, yeah. but yeah. you know, this is really, really great information and it's definitely, um, information that people can take and then make their own decisions after Mm -hmm. if it's a product that they want to keep using and it's an ingredient that they feel is safe. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So there was also um, a couple of other ingredients that I'd love to talk about really quickly. Yeah. I was going to just about to ask you. (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) That, you know, cause we're, we're on the topic of ingredients in our, in our products. And I mean, so you know, where to start. There's, there's so many ingredients to avoid, but I think most people are starting to be aware of the great offenders like triclosan and bleach and SLS and parabens, phthalates and all that. But what I'd like to bring awareness to today are two types of ingredients that are found, still found in a lot of products that are labeled green or eco in particular, and really deserve our attention. Um, And that is number one, preservatives that are known neurotoxins. And I like, I need a minute to try to pronounce these. Um, there's phenooxyethanol mm-hmm. and methylizothiazolinone. There we go. <laughs> uh, super califragilistic. Um, and then the second one is the F word fragrance. So to us, fragrance is a scary word. It's an ingredient term on any label that under, and I, I'm sure other people have talked on your podcast about it before, but under current trade secret protection laws, fragrance can contain any number of additives from formaldehyde to parabens and worse. It's, it's basically chemical soup. You don't know what you're getting unless they give you full disclosure, which most don't. Um, and again, the preservatives that are neurotoxins, because it's about the issue of bioaccumulation. So we tell people to avoid these at all costs. Um, again, perhaps in tiny amounts, you know, it wouldn't harm you, but these are in the products we're using every day and we are what we absorb. So, you know, that's our mission. It's to formulate things without these kind of chemicals because our skin has over 5 million pores. 
So it's fair to say we're basically walking sponges, which makes it extremely important to consider what you put on your skin and allow it to enter your bloodstream. Yeah. And I think, you know, when it comes to reading labels, like say cleaning products and stuff, like I think just the average consumer, you know, like I think back to, you know, 13 years ago when I, when I started this journey was really about reading labels. I was looking for deodorant and I bought like, I don't know how many deodorants came home, researched them, then brought back the ones I didn't want anymore. But I think as consumers, you know, like you said at the very beginning, almost like full circle is that when we see something on the shelf, we assume that it's safe because- right the companies have our best interest. The government would have our best interest when we know that's not the truth. And so I I think, you know, people are, okay, fragrance is bad. So when I look at my ingredient, when I look at my products, I'm going to avoid fragrance, but then there's a ton of other ingredients that perhaps could be avoided. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's overwhelming for the average person to be like, what do I need to avoid? So it's like, they look up fragrance, they look up parabens, they look up, I don't know. Yeah what other ingredients and they they're not there. So they think it's safe. So I think it's just the, you know, to educate people and also. Yes. To want to learn more at the same time, because it's so overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. It it is. Know what to buy. It is. And I think one of the things that always irks me is when you see on a product, 99% natural ingredients, you know, and you think, oh, that's great. Cause I mean, if I was in school and I got 99%, Hey, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, you know, 99%, but like, think of it like a pint of poison. Like if I hand you over a one liter Mason jar of water, but wait, first, I'm just going to add two teaspoons, 10 milliliters, 1% of that, of a poison Are you, and stir it in. Would you want to drink that or put that on your body? No, <laughs> right. Neither, you know, so, and that's what people are, I think, um, I don't know, it's just all marketing and, and there's just so much that's, that really makes us upset. This is why we started our company, right? It's just because we just feel that consumers need more information. We feel that manufacturers should not be using chemicals that are linked to harm. We just feel regulations in Canada need to be changed in the United States need to be changed. There's just so much that needs to happen here. But at the end of the day, I think it's overwhelming. But, you know, the hope is the more you get back to just natural ingredients, like really natural, unadulterated, you know, plant-based ingredients, the closer you are to those kind of things. Like like we, we were talking earlier about water and vinegar, you know, like that's safe, you know, <laughs> vinegar, it, it's natural. You know, it's a, it happens when fruit ferments. I'm making some apple cider vinegar today, actually, you know. Um, you know, so I think that's really what I encourage all people to do is just to try to, to get away from uh, chemicals that are, that are man-made and um, of petrochemical origin and of, of questionable safety is the issue. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. This has been great information. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, my pleasure. And specifically talking about PVA because I definitely learned something today. So thanks awesome. for being on and I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. <laughs> So please share this episode with your friends, coworkers, mom, dad, uncle, cousin, whoever you can think of, maybe even your chiropractor, if you so choose to. 
Stay connected with me on Instagram and TikTok at this is Stephanie Morham. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on your favorite platform. And you can also download my complimentary audio series. And before we sign off, Kirsten, I'd love for you just to share where people can find you on social media. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So um, you can obviously visit our website, elvisallnaturals.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on Instagram, elvas.allnaturals with an S. And um, you ever want to reach us anytime, reach out uh, by email at info at elvasallnaturals.com. And as a side note, we have a free gift for any Green Junkie listeners. Uh, Just mention the Green Junkie in the notes section of your cart on your first order, and we'll send you a free gift with your first purchase. And you can also get 10% off your first order when you sign up for our newsletter. Awesome. And I will have everything in, in the description below with the links to Kirsten's social media, as well as how to get to the website if you would like to purchase anything. So again, thank you for being here. Like I said, everything's in the description below. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday, Green Junkie.